The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. We've been talking about this um, earthquake that hit um, Alaska today and uh, just some of the stories coming out of there. Uh, the chief of the Anchorage Police, as you've heard Eileen saying, that parts of things, the Glen Highway, uh, a scenic highway from Anchorage towards uh, the mountains and glaciers have sunk, have completely disappeared following that 7.0 earthquake today. You know who's been through a couple of earthquakes in Alaska and one in his hometown is your voice of the Edmonton Oilers, Jack Michaels. And Jack joins us this afternoon. Hey, Jack. How are you doing, Jaylen? I should tell you that uh, when I lived in Alaska, earthquakes were so prevalent that one of the very, uh, very popular local local bands was called the Earthquake. <laughs> really? <laughs> they dressed up, they were all like, they dressed up as like Amish people. But they were called the Earthquakers. I mean, that's how... The Earthquakers. You know, in other words, I felt a number of ripples, um, and then one on the scale we saw today, one actually bigger than the... Really? I was up for a seven point... I want to say it was like 7.8 in the fall of 2002, the first year I lived up there. Wow. Wow. Your disaster has followed you to Edmonton as well. It happened very early in the morning. Huh. And uh, I think that she's at that time. Yeah, I think she was my <laughs> freshly minted wife. And I said, Emily, why are you shaking? And, uh, you know, and I, I think I followed up with, hey, stop, like enough. Yeah. You know, because I was annoyed. <laughs> it, was, it was an earthquake. It was yeah, your place. Was there damage? Was there things falling off the walls and stuff? Oh, a little bit. I mean, we. I think we had a few paintings come off the wall, and it. It. Uh, you know, it, it just. It was. It was startling. It was. Now the road damage was nothing like that road, and you've probably seen the picture, and you've probably told your listeners about it in terms of where to find it on the internet. But that road is uh, is called Minnesota Drive, and it's it's coming right out of the airport, and it's not more than eight nine minutes from from. Uh, a couple of properties that I used to own up there. Wow. And, you know, I mean, that this is a place, again, though, that's used to it. I mean, they had an earthquake in 1964 where if you drive to the spot, I mean, you can see the trees are still, I mean, there's no there's no real life there. There's no plant life. All the trees are dead. I mean, it's, it's creepy. And, uh, you know, this one, to my knowledge, and I just spoke with one of my good friends um, in Anchorage, to my knowledge, the good thing is, and maybe you have updated uh, situations on this, but I haven't heard of any significant injuries or fatalities. So hopefully that holds true. A lot of damage, obviously, and and uh, I certainly would not want to be in the predicament of the one guy that's on that slab of concrete that's about three feet below the road. Yeah, exactly. You know, Jack, I wasn't aware of the fact that that earthquakes were common in Anchorage until you just said it. I, I I really wasn't aware of that at all. So given that it's more common than we would suspect, do people know what to do up there in the event of an earthquake? And what is it you do? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, like I said, we only had one on the scale that was today, you know, and it, it was it was actually bigger than the one today. I, it is, here's, 
Here's the thing about living in Alaska is nothing surprises you. <laughs> so the, the ones that are listed, like if you go on the Internet, you're going to find mostly, you know, when you look up list of earthquakes in Alaska, they all start at like seven. They don't bother listing some of the other ones. I mean, you know, there were fours and fives all the, you know, you'd be walking the dog and, and whoa, whoa, that, that must have been an earthquake. I mean, that, it was that kind of reaction. Hmm. So it was all an everyday occurrence, but I mean, not an everyday occurrence, but you know what I mean. It mm-hmm. wasn't like uncommon. And then, the, but the other thing is, is you know, when you're living up there, you truly are. They re, the reason they call it a last frontier, I mean, you know, when when the when the snow got real deep, you know the moose the moose don't like the deep snow. So I mean they'd be trotting beside you on the road. Uh, we had a moose we had a moose born in our backyard. I could have let the dog out for about a week and a half. Oh my gosh! The one thing you don't mess with is a mother moose when it's you know newborn is learning to walk. But I, I still have an old iPhone two, I think, that has pictures of that moose being born. I mean I've, it happened right in my backyard. Uh, you know, and so. I mean, by that time, I think that was the seventh, maybe the seventh year I lived there. I mean, I wasn't, yeah, it was cool, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, you know, it wasn't what you and I would react to now if we saw something like that. It was just part of living there. And how long were you there, Jack? I was there eight years. Both my kids were born there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you kind of, I don't, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch to say you interact with the wildlife, but I mean... Uh, certainly a moose, I think, would be the last. I've, I've got a picture I can show you of, uh, of uh, you know, a photo I took where, uh, where a moose is almost stepping on my dog uh, because I dropped the camera. I was taking a shot of the moose, and the dog bolted out the front door, and I dropped the camera. When I came back to the camera, there was this photo of the moose rearing up to try to stop my dog. I mean, it's an unbelievable photo. <laughs> you know, but I, these are things that, Again, when you live in Alaska, you kind of take them for granted, like plugging your car in. I yeah. mean, it's not, you know, it's that not that incredible. Now, obviously, what happened on the road today, I mean, that's, that's significant damage. When I was up there, you know, even that more sizable earthquake, that's the thing is, the other thing is, you know, just because it's, it's a greater magnitude doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be more damage. The one I had, the one that was 15 miles from my hometown in Pennsylvania, I remember sitting I actually felt it more in my house, and that was a 5.2. Because hmm. where that spot was in Pennsylvania, was at the epicenter was a place called Pima Tuning, which is 15 minutes west of my hometown. But it, it literally, you could feel it more, even though it was a much less of magnitude. I mean, that one I actually was like kind of bounced off the couch a little bit. And that one we had, you know, dishes break, and, you know, we had... We had some damage inside the house. I mean, not like cracks in the foundation, but but certainly more visible damage than even that 7.8 or whatever it was hmm. that I lived through. And and I think it was 2002 or 2003. It was that winter. Wow. With all these uh, close uh, close brushes with disaster, that must have prepared you to work with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you. <laughs> One thing, Andrew, if I've learned nothing else in my life, and if I can impart no other knowledge to your listeners, I can tell you this with 100% conviction, and no truer words have ever been spoken on your radio program. (laughs) Nothing can prepare you to work. <laughs> Jack Michaels. And I mean that, I mean that in, 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 the, uh, in the humor in which it's intended. But I, he is truly one of a kind. So 630 Chad 
it definitely, when people say unique, we all know that that's not really unique. Bob, I can honestly say is unique. <laughs> you know what, Jack? Someone just texted in and said, ask Jack about leaving anything in the back of your truck when you're in Alaska. The Eagles steal it. Well, it is, I mean, like I said, you just can't. I, here's another true story. I'm not really, I'm not really proud of this because we were kind of late to the party on this. But we had, you know, when we're when you're first starting out, you you go cheap on the hammock. So you had the old, you know, the rope hammock, which isn't very comfortable to sit on. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the, yeah. the rope ties. It's not like a, a smooth fabric bed or anything. It was the rope tie, right? So we get back from a vacation, and there's all these stories of a moose that had to be, you know, tranquilized and settled down and then re-released into the wild. Well, guess what he had caught in a antlers um, head? Your Our hammock. hammock. <laughs> Our hammock. You know, we left. I mean, that's the kind of thing. You don't leave, you know, you don't put your garbage out night before. Uh-uh. That, that does not happen in Alaska unless you want to get a stern warning and then a fine from the HOA. You see the garbage goes out right before the garbage trucks arrive. They're scheduled arrivals because you got bears, you got all kinds of things that are getting your garbage, and it's not a rarity. I mean, it's not like, oh, you know, this could, it will happen. So, uh, again, that's that's the kind of stuff you get used to everyday life in Alaska. Alaska's on the to-do list. I would love to see Alaska. I I can remember when I started my broadcast. From a cruise ship. No, actually, to go up there. And actually, when I first started my broadcasting career, when I started doing television, I I was applying to stations up there, Mm. hoping to get hired. in, first off, in, in America, but I, I always thought it'd be really cool to work up, well, no pun intended, but really cool to work <laughs> in Alaska. I think just to, to live there would, would be an experience for a while, and obviously, Jack, it was. Oh, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I, look, uh, you know, when you can, you know, you can line up your tee shot on the first tee at 11 p.m., you know you're in a special place, <laughs> right? I mean, and, I, you know, I, I mean... I, I, I was once spoken to by a neighbor, like, kind of pleadingly, like, hey, you know, uh, my kid's got school tomorrow. What are you doing mowing the lawn? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, Jack, it's 1030. I had no idea. I mean, the, the sun was still out. I mean, that, that's honestly kind of the stuff that as you're getting used to living up there, you, the kind of mistakes you make all the time. The hottest, the hottest time of day. In the late spring, summer, and early fall, is 6 p.m. Sun is pie high in the sky. You're driving home, and it's noon here. It may as well be noon here. And I know we get a lot of light, and then we start losing it rapidly. And I, I know that's true in California too. But it's nothing uh, like Anchorage. Hey, uh, Jack. As long as uh, we we you know reached out and said, hey, you want to talk earthquakes, and then we mostly talked about moose. Uh, <laughs> so as long as we're not going to stay on topic anyway, can I ask you a hockey question? Absolutely. How much of a difference can Ken Hitchcock make in what m- amount of time? Because I've seen differences, but I'm not as well-versed as you guys are that, you know, cover the sport every night. But I've seen differences already. Have you? Oh, absolutely. I, I think the team is giving up far fewer quality chances than it was. Uh, you know, I, I think that what will happen over time is that the offense will start to come once the defensive structure is in place. Uh, Ken Hitchcock really is quite, kind of a freewheeling guy when it comes to having the puck. And and another one of our colleagues, Rob Brown, will tell you that. I mean, Rob Brown set 
a Western Hockey League scoring record that I believe still stands playing for Ken Hitchcock. So mm. the the oft-repeated uh, mantra that Ken Hitchcock will choke the offense out of you is just, it's just not true. I mean, some of his Dallas Stars teams were the highest-scoring teams in the league. What, what, what will happen is once that defensive structure is in place, then you'll turn it loose. And he says himself, he goes, you know what, I'm as open to any kind of creativity you want with the puck. It's only without the puck that I'm non-negotiable. And what he means by that is when you're on the puck, you better defend. You better be committed to helping your team defend uh, the front of your net. And and that's what I think the Oilers have done a nice job. There's there's not second and third wax at, at Miko Koskinen. And, uh, and really his track record, and I believe this is one of the you know one of the reasons the move was made, uh, guys, is is you look back six years ago, very similar circumstances where St. Louis had a tough schedule just like Edmonton did uh, this season. Started six and seven. Davis Payne, who's now the associate coach in Buffalo, who just had their ten game winning streak snap, he was fired. And I believe ten of their first thirteen games had been on the road, much the same as, you know, 65% of Edmonton's games to start the year were on the road. But Ken Hitchcock went in there, won coach of the year, and I think the Blues lost 11 games the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, you know, so the short, the short answer is he can turn it on in a hurry. And he said on his first day, if you'll recall, Andrew, you know, in St. Louis we got the thing turned around in about eight or nine days. Mm-hmm. And I think he believes there's less work to do with this Edmonton club than that St. Louis team. And I've been very, I, I wouldn't say surprised, but a little startled to hear him talk about, you know, how competitive this team is in terms of what he had been told. You know, number one, I didn't know that, you know, the Oilers had a reputation as a team he could, you know, I mean, he just has talked about how tough the practices are and how he's had to ask the players to kind of back off a little bit really? in, in the battle drills. So I think he's really encouraged by what he sees. And, again, history tells us that a turnaround can be exacted pretty quickly. I mean, let's look, people are going to text into your show and they're going to say, well, Ken Hitchcock was just fired last year by Dallas or asked not to return, whatever euphemism you want to put on it. Well, Dallas was cruising toward a playoff spot. I mean, they were in like Flynn. Ben Bishop gets hurt. They go winless in, the, you know, they go winless in an eight-game stretch and you're out. So you're only as good as your goaltender. Um, and that's that's true of every team. But to say that Ken Hitchcock didn't have a good year last year in Dallas is not really that accurate. Hmm. Jack? Yeah, sorry. I was just going to, I said to Morley the other day, it feels to me like Hitchcock is not trying to fix the puzzle. He's trying to fix the pieces. Mm. And you can see it one piece at a time. I see it. Yeah, well, he's he's instilled tremendous confidence in, in, in veteran guys who had been struggling, like Zach Cassian, like Kyle Brodziak, like Milan Lucic. He's entrusted that particular line to play against the opposition's best players. And, yes, those guys haven't scored against the best, but they also haven't been given up goals. And when you're neutralizing the opposition's top six, top two lines, with, in effect, a third line, you're going to be ahead of the game in the long run. And that's why I think that Edmonton has you know, continued to maintain a very good record in these close, low-scoring games. Jack, the Oilers in action tomorrow night, taking on Vegas. Puck drop at 8 o'clock. You can listen to Jack and Bob right here. 6.30, Chad. Uh, the City Ford Face-Off Show gets underway at 6.30. Always great to talk with you, Jack. Thanks for making time for us today. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.
could talk to Jack all afternoon. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> he certainly great, does get uh, on the roll. He's a great storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. He is. Um, after the 3.30 news, um, Wild Rose the Porcupine joining us in studio. I was just asking you off air. Now, we don't have many animals in studio, but do you pet a porcupine? I suppose you have to ask first. Probably should ask first. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Is it on a leash in a cage? I have, I have no idea. All right. It was either the porcupine or the owl. Well, I think you, well, I might have gone with the owl on that bad boy. Yeah. Be they, easier to come up with a punchline for Twitter with the owl. <laughs> well, porcupine's actually pretty easy, too. Let me work on that. All right. Just before as we uh, we head into the 3.30 news, uh, we've been talking about uh, BuzzFeed puts out this list every year mm-hmm. of the top 40 craziest headlines out of Florida from the news stories that have happened there over the past year. We're on number nine. Number nine, 73-year-old woman. This is the headline. 73-year-old woman worried about meth she was smoking asks doctor to test it. Uh, And this one, deputies, according to deputies, man used template he found on Pinterest to print... Pinterest. Pinterest to counterfeit money at Pasco Library. Well, we were talking about innovators earlier on today. That's not bad. Uh, Lando Lakes man cuts neighbor with chainsaw during argument over shrubs. (laughs) 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 Kind of makes sense. Uh, And this one. Okay. Florida man calling himself the beast gouges eyes of armed home intruder. Not sure. What? Yeah. A man calling himself the Beast gouges the eyes of home intruder. That's right. So the, the the guy that gouged the eyes calls himself the Beast. That's right. The home intruder broke into the Beast's house. Oh. You don't. No, you know you don't better screw than that. With the Beast. <laughs> and don't, Florida. Don't peek. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. This one I read it. And then I'm like, I gotta actually read the story, and I did. But it turns out the whole story is basically. This falls in the category of bad promotion. Okay. <clears throat> Florida restaurant no longer allows monkey Mondays <laughs> after animal bites eight-year-old boy. <laughs> somebody somewhere said, hey, I got an idea. What if we had monkey Mondays? And somebody else went, that's brilliant. And sure enough. And it's you know what? The story is exactly what you think it is. On Mondays, you can bring your monkey in. On that note... The news up next. And a porcupine. Mm. It's Porcupine Friday right here on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.